turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. of Exodus, the uh, 22nd chapter, I'm going to start reading at the very first verse. Here was notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares with. It says, if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him, for he should make full restitution. If he have nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or donkey or sheep, he shall restore double. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to continue on with the discussion that we had begun last Sunday. Um, Now, the text of scripture that we started to deal with last Sunday is found for us here in the book of Exodus, this 22nd chapter. And the topic that we have given to our examination of these scriptures, dear ones, the topic has been this, forgiveness aids, or aids to forgiveness. Now, as we have been looking at these verses of scripture, dear ones, we have begun to look at them from the vantage point of taking a look at what the whole issue of restitution is about. Um, And in order to see how it can be an aid or give assistance to somebody who is needing to to forgive someone for something that has happened. And so we started looking at this whole issue of restitution and how the issue of restitution can actually act as an aid or an assistant, give assistance to somebody who needs to forgive someone for an offense that has happened. Um, I had said last time we were together that this whole issue of restitution, uh, the church has unknowingly given this over to the government. We've given this over to the penal system. We've given this over this whole issue over to the justice system. So they are the ones, when you talk about restitution, they are the ones that primarily deal with the issue of restitution. But in reality, dear ones, this is an issue that the church, it, it started with the Lord and the church needs to regain a hold on this thing. Because as you look at this issue and you begin to look at it from the vantage point of how can this help me 
when, I, when the time comes for me to forgive somebody for an offense that has happened. As you look at this issue, you begin to realize that the wisdom of God and the sovereignty of God is clearly evident in what he is saying here. And so the Lord is giving us some help to be able to forgive. Now, if you don't think that this applies to you, dear ones, just keep living. Because at some point in time, like I said last time, somebody going to step on your toe or you're going to step on somebody else's toe. And you are going to need to either forgive or be forgiven for something that has happened. And so this issue has has uh, in a very real way application for all of us. Now, as we started looking at this whole issue, dear ones, we started and, and, and we learned several things. I'm not going to go all over them. I'll just kind of recap them real quickly and then we'll move forward in their text. But as we look at this, dear ones, last time we were together, we learned three things. One thing what we learned was that the whole issue of a person receiving any type of restitution from someone does not in any way relieve that person from the responsibility of needing to do the work that is required to get to the place where they can truly forgive someone for the wrong that they have suffered. And so just because you are receiving some form of restitution, somebody has wronged you in some way, and they're endeavoring to make the wrong right. You're receiving some form of restitution in some way from that individual. Dear ones, for the offended person, that does not relieve you from the responsibility personally of doing the work that you need to do. To get to the place where you can forgive that person for that offense. And sometimes, as I said last time, dear one, sometimes you got to work. You got to work this thing out. Sometimes you have to work it out in prayer. You have to work it out before the Lord. Sometimes you've got to stay before the Lord until God begins to do something in your heart to help you get to the place where you can truly release that issue, release that offense to the Lord and allow the Lord to begin to heal you and bring comfort to you so you can release it and forgive that person for what has happened. But the second thing that we learned last time we were together, dear ones, we learned that the person who is paying some form of restitution for an offense that they have committed should in no way view what it is that they are doing as some form of guarantee (laughs) that the one that they have offended will actually forgive them for what they have done. So you're paying the restitution. Dear ones, don't believe, okay, because I'm doing this or because I'm acting in this way or because I'm doing these things that that person will just automatically forgive you. Dear ones, don't, don't, don't believe that because that person still has to do the work they need to do. All you are doing is doing all that you can to put the issue in God's hands and put it in the best possible place for the Lord to begin to move and work. So hopefully reconciliation can happen. You're doing all that you can do. Sometimes we don't do anything and we expect God to move. We don't we don't do anything. We just pray to the Lord, just bless, bless, just bless. And God is saying, okay, what are you giving me to help you? What are you doing to put the situation in the best possible place for me to be able to begin to work in this thing and bring healing and restoration and and, and recovery to the relationship? And so, dear ones, it's not a guarantee, but you're doing what you can. And the third thing that we learned, dear ones, is the process of restitution, if it is done correctly, is designed to give help and assistance to the issue of forgiving both to the one who has been offended, but also to the one who has committed the offense. This whole issue of restitution is not just a one-way thing. It's designed to give help to the offended and to the offender. 
And so there was, we, we talked about those things at length last time we were together. I'm not going to go back over all of it because I want to now get into the instructions themselves. We want to begin to look at the actual instruction that God gives to us in his word. We're looking at this text, and, I'm, and, and last time I read it, I got the same response this time. Last time I read it, you said, if a man shall steal an ox. Okay, what in the world has anything got to do with an ox? I, I just, everybody was just quiet, like, Pastor, and lost his mind. <laughs> you know, he, he's drinking again. He don't know what he's talking about. And so, but so, 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 so there was this, this, this instruction, though, that the Lord gives to us out of this text. Because the first thing that we want to take note of, dear ones, is we want to notice that it is significant that the, that the rules that were to govern how restitution was to happen between people, there was those rules were established for them by the Lord and was not left up to the offended person or to the offending person to determine how this whole thing should take place. Amen. It is significant to notice that the Lord is the one establishing the rules here. He doesn't leave it up to the offended person, but he also doesn't leave it up to the offending person. The Lord says, let me, let me separate both sides and let me tell you how this is going to go. Amen. Now, there was the wisdom behind that is clearly evident because if it was left up to the offended person to determine how the whole issue of restitution was to happen, then the possibility of them trying to exact some type of revenge against the offender by imposing overly harsh and strict requirements for them to fulfill was clearly evident. Amen. If the offended person was to determine how this is that, how you're going to pay restitution, then the offended person say, okay, I, this is what I want you to do. And they can make it just over the top, just make it hard, difficult. So, so, so the Lord says, no, I'm not going to leave it up to you to determine it. But the Lord also doesn't leave it up to the offending person to determine what they're supposed to do. Because for them, the possibility of them trying to get off easy by requiring very little for them to do in order to pay restitution, was a real possibility also. And so by the Lord being the one who determines how restoration was to happen between people, what you have here, dear ones, is a picture of someone who is impartial, unbiased, outside of what has happened, and can see both sides of an issue clearly being the one who determines how restitution between two or more people is to happen. What you have here is a picture of the Lord. The Lord's saying, I'm showing you a picture of how somebody is, somebody needs to look at the situation and the person has to be unbiased, impartial, outside of the situation. Going to your cousin doesn't count. Going to your best friend, your BFF don't count. They don't count. Somebody who is outside of the situation and can look at the situation and see both sides of it. They are the ones that is to determine how the whole issue of restoration or restitution is to take place. Amen. They set the rules for it. Amen. And so, dear ones, the point of application that this helps us to see is this. At times, in order for restitution to happen between people, it will require bringing in a third party into that situation who is unbiased, confidential, impartial, respected and outside of what took place in order to hear what has happened and then set the rules for how that restitution is to take place. Amen. Now, that point alone, I can spend the rest of the time talking about <laughs> that. Just that point alone, because at times, dear ones, the offended person can't do it and the offending person can't do it for one primary reason. Both of you are too close. Amen. 
Both of you are too close. You're too close. You can't, you can't see this. Your eyes, for the offended person, your eyes are a full. You're just, you're, everything you see is red. Everything you see is fire engine red. It's just, I'm just hot. I'm hot as fish grease. And I just can't see things clearly. For the offended person or for the offending person, all they see is they're trying to look at exit sign. They're trying to see an exit sign. Everything they look at is an exit sign. I can get out that way. I can get out this way. I can get, I can get, I can get out of this thing. And so you're not seeing, you're not seeing clearly. And so what has to happen is a third party, somebody who is outside of this whole issue, needs to step in and help you to bring, be able to bring both of you together so that reconciliation and restoration can begin to take place. Because this individual is not going to be overly harsh, but they also are not going to be overly lenient. This person is going to look at both sides of the issue and say, yes, you were right here, but you were wrong there. And yes, you were wrong there, but you are right here. And they look at the situation and they begin to realize that there is restitution that can take place and it needs to happen like this. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and it can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. The process of bringing in a third party to help resolve conflicts Uh, between individuals. Dear ones, that is not a new concept. That concept is throughout the whole scriptures. It's throughout the script, especially in the New Testament. Let me show you two places. Everybody hold your finger here. Let's all turn to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Matthew 18. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 6. But at Matthew 18, dear ones, notice what we're told in verses 15 and 16. Notice what the Lord says there. Jesus says there, moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he shall hear you, you have gained your brother. So Jesus says, first off, if you guys can resolve this issue between you, you all got beef with one another. If you can resolve it between yourselves, go ahead and do that. That's the best thing. That's the best way possible. If you can do that. Sometimes you can't do that. So notice what the Lord says. It says, but if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Two or three witnesses, dear ones, is not your, not, not your crew. Don't take your crew with you. That's two or three other people who are outside of the situation to hear both sides of it so that they can then begin to help you resolve the issue. Amen. And so the, the Lord says, if you have to, bring in some other folk, a third party, to help you deal with the situation. 
But now let's look at 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. I'm going to read the first four verses. Notice what the Lord says there. Or I should say Paul says there. Notice what Paul says there. Paul says, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints. So the saints got beef with one another and you go into the outside, you go into the world to try to get help to deal with issues that the saints got. Paul says, how dare you? You got the nerve to do that. Lord have mercy. Verse two, he says, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Well, <laughs> it, don't you know that you're going to be sitting in you're going to be sitting with the Lord in positions of judgment over the entire world? Why can't you handle who? Why can't you handle what happened between you? Amen. Why can't you handle? You know, you took the last cupcake. <laughs> why can't you deal with that? Yeah. Notice what he says. Verse three says, know you not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Well. Now, now it's significant that Paul says least esteemed. Well, look like least esteemed. It's significant to notice that Paul says least esteemed in the church. Because there was least esteemed, it means that this person is respected by everybody, but he's nobody's best friend. Oh, amen. Okay. That's it. He's respected by everybody, but he's not somebody's, he's not somebody's crew. He's not in the crew. He, I, 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 respect, I respect Elder Johnson. I respect him greatly. I respect him as a man of God. I don't roll with him. I, if, if, I was to go out to, if I was to go out and hang with my boys, he probably wouldn't be one of the people that I go with, but I do respect him. Amen. That's why Paul says least esteemed. If you pick one of your crew, guess what your crew going to do? Side with you. We know that. Your crew going to side with you. Yes, so that's why Paul says pick someone who is least esteemed. Not somebody's best friend or somebody's partner or something like that or your relative. No, no, no. Somebody who you respect, but you don't roll with that person. Amen. And dear ones, the problem that many of us have with doing what I'm, in, what I'm suggesting here is that it's largely due to the fact that we don't want other folk to know how messed up our lives really are. That's the problem. We don't want other folk to know how messed up we are. And so we try to deal with things on our own and we try to deal with things by ourselves. But dear ones, let me give you all a revelation. Let me give you all a revelation. The two worst counselors that you could ever have to help you with a situation. Number one is the devil. He is the first and most worst counselor you could ever ask. Because all he wants to do is keep the thing going and make it worse. Amen. The devil doesn't want to resolve conflict. He wants to encourage conflict and keep the thing going and make things worse. So he's the first worst counselor. The second worst counselor you could ever look to for advice on how to resolve an issue is yourself. You are your second worst counselor. After the devil, don't get no worse than you. Because you're too close to the situation and you can't see it clearly. And so what, need, what's need, what is needed to happen is for everyone who is involved in the situation, one, to humble yourself, two, acknowledge your own limitations in the issue, and then three, bring in somebody who is outside of the situation that can help set the rules and give direction for how restitution and possibly reconciliation can happen.
So you have to, one, as I said, humble yourself. You got to lose that. I don't want nobody to know. You got to humble yourself. Two, you have to acknowledge your own limitations. Acknowledge, I'm limited in this. I, 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 can't, I can't do this on my own. I'm limited because I'm too close to it. So that limits me as to what I can do and what I can not do. Amen. And then three, as I said, become willing to bring somebody else in to help you. Let's get back into Exodus, Exodus 22. There was notice, notice the text one more time. Because notice Exodus 22, he says, If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep or, and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Notice, dear ones, notice that the Lord tells Moses, he says, Moses, tell them that if a man steals an ox, he is to restore an ox. If he steals a sheep, he is to restore a sheep. It, 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 he would, if a person took an ox, he was not able to give back a hamster. Amen. <laughs> you, you took an ox, you will give me back a squirrel. No, wow. they, they ain't equal. They, that's not right. That's something wrong here. Amen. The person was not allowed to give something back that was less than what he took. Amen. He was to give back something that was like or similar to what it was that was taken. The point that this helps us to see, dear ones, is this. In order for restitution between people to take place, a person must become willing to do what is necessary in order to either repair, replace, or restore in an equitable way the thing that was damaged or taken by them. Amen. Amen. See, because if I take something from you that is of this value, I can't give you back something that is less than that in value. I've got to give you back something that is at least equal or equitable in value to what it was that I have taken or what it is that I have damaged. Now, in some situations, dear ones, a person simply saying things like, I was wrong or oops, I'm sorry or my bad, that is not sufficient. That is not adequate and it is not sufficient to address what has happened. Now, some examples of this, there was, let me give you some practical examples because, you know, it's, we're looking at the text and we're saying ox and sheep and all this stuff. So let me break this down to give you some practical examples of what I'm talking about. If a person's reputation is damaged by me in some way because of something that I have said or something that I have done, I must become willing to do what I can to repair and restore that person's reputation in a way that is equitable to the damage that I have done. Now, 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 as I said, let me break this thing down so everybody can understand what I'm talking about. Because we got these, these things. These things right here. I can damage somebody's reputation in a heartbeat. Yes. I can damage somebody's reputation right now. I could say things right now that could put a, put a, put a, bl- I, I can do things right now with this thing that can cause you, cause you have problems to get a job. Amen. Yes. Right now, I can, I can do things right now that if, you, if, you're, if you're a young man or a young woman trying to get a job, I can do things right now and put things out here about you right now that can damage your reputation so that when that employer looks at you and says, oh, oh, I see. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, sir. We're not going to be able to give you that job. Or I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm going to have to deny your application. Amen. I can do it. Anybody can do it. People are doing it. Amen. That's, that's real talk. Yes. They're doing it. So if I am doing that kind of stuff and I have damaged your reputation in order for me to pay restitution to you, I can't just get back on there and type in small print. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> My bad. No. I, I was wrong. No. 
I take back everything I said in bold caps and color. I said it in bold caps and color. I put exclamation points and emojis all over it. But I'm going to take it back just saying a little small print. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. No, you have to be willing to do what is necessary in an equitable way to restore what it is you've damaged. Everybody understand what I'm saying? And so if that means you got to post a video of yourself saying, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, I was completely inaccurate, I lied, whatever you got to do to restore the reputation of that person, that is what you do. Amen. And if it makes you look small, if it makes you look like a chump, if it makes you look like a punk, so what? God will honor you because you're trying to do what is right in his eyes. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life.